0: This is a show about jewelry, why we wear it, why it matters, how it's made, and what it means. I'm Alex D, and I turn cannabis into gold. I make mind-blowing jewelry in gold, silver, and platinum from cannabis plants here in Canada for stage, screen, for people who want to rock crazy jewelry. I'm the Cannabis goldsmith. So it's been quite cool in this part of Ontario. It's like almost summer and it just doesn't feel like it. It's cool. I mean, stuff is growing and everything is green, but it seems to have slowed down. Except for one of the weed plants. One of the four weed plants is is like at over six foot now. And the leaves are huge, like bigger than my hand on this plant. So... I was looking at one of the leaves yesterday and I was thinking, maybe I can make a, um, a cuff or maybe I can make a kind of an armband out of one of these giant leaves in silver. In gold, it would be like $20,000. So we'll, we'll make it in silver and see how that works. But the leaves are each, if I take a single leaf out of one of these big hand-like fronds on this cannabis plant, I mean, the single leaf is almost a foot long now. It's like crazy long. So I'm thinking I could wrap this around a person's upper arm in silver. So that's where the idea comes from. Suddenly get an idea. I mean, I, I look at a plant and Boom! The idea comes. Out. Let's make let's make an armband out of this this leaf. Let's see if we can do that. And then it just becomes a matter of figuring out how to do it. And and uh, in this case, I learned something. I mean, I was trying to figure out how do I make the leaves thicker. I've been trying to figure this solution for this. Like we we work with cannabis leaves that are alive, right? And we cast them in precious metals now. In order to do this, they're so fragile, as I've described before, and they break, and, 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 and it's just been so difficult to get them to, to uh, work well in casting and, and to make jewelry pieces out of. But we figured it out, and I figured it out mostly, maybe a couple of years ago. and um, But we're continuing to modify the technique of doing it a little, little bit at a time through practice and through trial and error. And I made a discovery yesterday that I've been trying to, I've been trying to sort out for, for years. How do I thicken the leaves so that I can make jewelry out of them in the best possible way. And by this, I mean, you know, if you pick a leaf off a plant, it's thin, it's like maybe a quarter of a millimeter, half a millimeter, thick the actual leaves and cannabis leaves are thin there's veins in them I guess where the energy from the plant goes to the individual leaf cells and stuff you can see on any leaf there's like veins on it and so there's that characteristic but there's like a thin thin leaf material the green material is like thin that's it breaks when you try and make jewelry or work with it or convert it into gold or silver it breaks these leaves break and any leaf i mean it, you can get a thick leaf like a cactus for example right and and those are really sturdy you can make easily make jewelry pieces out of that but this is different so it's taken me years to figure out how to do this this uh this thickening and i do it in different ways i mean we can do it we can do it by you know, brushing on materials onto the leaf to thicken it. We can coat the leaf with a, um, with a paint on a, an electrically conductive, uh, material like graphite and, uh, and then, and then electrically coat the graphite with gold, you know, so we can build on the actual leaf itself and then the leaf that gets burned out in a kiln so you have like an electroformed piece that's possible but but i want more than that like i i just don't want to copy the plant it's like it make an exact duplicate of the plant cuz why I, I want to take the best features of it and then add our own vibe to it and then make jewelry out of it so thus, the thickening of the leaves. So when I was looking at this big leaf on this plant, uh, on this KwaZulu Natal plant, I was thinking, well, man, it's like eight, nine inches long, one of these leaves now. I could wrap one of these around a woman's arm in silver. or in gold, it would look just crazy good. But the idea is I'd have to thicken the leaf up to maybe the thickness of a quarter, a coin, thicker than a dime. But not as thick as a nickel maybe in the middle maybe a quarter thickness the thickness of a quarter 25 cents canadian or us so we got like a thickness of maybe two millimeters i don't know what a coin is but you know what it feels like so i have to make the leaf that thick and then bend it into so it can it can warp around an upper arm so that's the idea behind this giant leaf thing. And when I was thinking, how can I thicken the leaves? How can I thicken these leaves in order to, to, to get the leaf to cast in silver? And I started fiddling around with different materials and, and chemistry and glues and like all kinds of like I've been doing for years to try to to do this. And I I discovered a, a way to do it and. It's very labor intensive. I mean, it's really labor intensive, but I, I, I can thicken these leaves up. So today I'm going to try and take one of these leaves and thicken it up and, and see if I can make a mock up of, of an upper armband cannabis leaf. And we'll see if, 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 it, if, you know, if I can make a good master out of it, it will be a, a nice product to make. Um, this could also be wrapped around a wrist too, or I'm trying to think if I get a big enough, a long enough leaf, if this plant keeps growing, I could probably make a, uh, make a, a choker out of it. Even like this plant is massive. The leaves are massive on it. I think it's going to be a 16 footer. Hopefully if the weather gets warmer, if not, it'll be shorter. What else is going on? I, I, (laughs) uh, I hate taxes, man. I hate the government, but I hate taxes. Uh, But I'm, you know, my whole life I've tried to to be to stay on top of them and to try and, you know, it's hard for artists to 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 deal with numbers. I mean, there are people who deal with numbers, and then there are people who deal with with non-numbers like artists. and they're, it's like oil and water. The the, the the mindset is completely different. So eventually, you know, I've had a couple of accountants over the course of my life and I have this new accountant and, and we are so different, right? Like he's an accountant, he, he's all numbers and shit. And I'm all about art and, and, you know, branding and marketing and all this, like, all this, this stuff that is really hard to quantify and in, in uh, numbers and he's, is, he's is, no numbers now. Anyway, so I'm in, in, in that mode and, and I've, I'm, I'm up to date now, I think. Um, so uh, God, I fucking hate it. and And all you artists out there, I know you hate it too. Don't you, man? So in the last episode, I talked about the pain of failure. That that failure, failure is good. You need failure to move ahead, right? That's what I talked about in the last episode. That failure is pain, but it's 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 essential for growth as an artist or as a human being. But there's other stuff artists go through too, and and this whole, the whole idea of of artists pain or trauma that artists have to be traumatized or in pain in order to create uh, good work. I don't believe that for a minute, but I think that everybody experiences the kind of, the kind of pain that, that artists do. It's just that it impacts artists differently. I know we're really suspect, susceptible to things like drug addiction and alcoholism. I watched a movie last night called Forced Perspective. It's an older movie. Um, I don't know. You can download it somewhere, I guess. But it's about artist Derek Hess out of Cleveland. He used to draw all these these posters for concerts and um, punk shows or in Cleveland, rock shows. And his art is just amazing. If you see it, you'll know... You'll know what I'm talking about. You've seen it before, so do a search for Derek Hassan, you'll, you'll you'll see, or better still, watch the movie, which is which is really informative. I like watching movies, documentaries about artists, because I'm an artist and I want to learn how artists, other artists, are dealing with their their process, which can be like riding a wild horse sometimes, and other times as boring as fuck, where nothing actually happens, and it. It's really boring and slow. And then all of a sudden there's these, these bursts like that some of us, I know, I went through this, well, just doing the leaf thing yesterday. I spent the whole fucking day working on that. And just thought to the exclusion of everything else because I was making progress with it, right? And and uh, and did it. But anyway, this, this movie, Forced Perspective, it was interesting. Um, Derek talks about, you know, his me- he has a men- mental illness. He has um, his bipolar disorder and depression. He's also an alcoholic. I mean, um, and a lot of us, I know I had huge issues with alcohol when I was a young man. And I had to stop drinking And in order to just survive. Otherwise, I w- would have died, right? I was like so bad. And, and 18- in 1989, I stopped and i haven't had a drink since then but artists like us get we we can self-medicate when when we're when our when our work when our process takes us to these super high um intensity work work flow situations when the ideas are coming and we're we're like at the workbench where we're making shit out of clay or like carving stuff or, you know, whatever our, our art is. But we've got this something's coming out of us onto the into form, into into a, a three dimensional real thing. And we're making it. And when we're in that mode, it's great. But then there are other times when that might go too quickly and it's not great. And so we'll medicate out of it or. If nothing happens, just a sheer boredom between these strikes of uh, inspiration or idea uh, or or you know even just doing the the work daily like Derek Hess used to do like every day he would draw like no matter even if he wanted to or not right and the, this is important for an artist to be making art all the time, uh, whether you feel like it or not because it's it keeps shit from building up, right anyway, he um, uh, where was I? Oh, about the uh, substances. I mean, artists over throughout time uh, are, are being pulled down by substances, like because it's too easy. Sometimes the art is being an artist is painful. Like it's painful. If we can't get our stuff out of us that we need to get into the world, we go nuts. We do. We go absolutely batshit. If you're involved with an artist who's not producing work, Um, you know what I'm talking about, right? If you're in a personal relationship with an artist who's not producing work of some type or or channeling that energy off somewhere, grounding it out safely, God, good luck to you, you know, um, because we have to get this stuff out, right? Or you have to medicate it down or whatever. And it's far better to to getting the art produced than it is bottling it up, not doing it, whatever. But but we get to this point where I don't know if I'm making sense to any of you, but this is how I feel about it anyway. We get to this point where we don't we can't produce work for some reason because we don't have the idea or the inspiration or we we just can't get the idea, connect with it. The idea is there, but it's some, we somehow can't concretize it, make it real, right? Um, that's the danger point there. That's for artists, is that's the real, That's uh, that can drive an artist to drink, literally. But we don't want that. So the idea is to make art, whether you feel like it or not, and just to do, keep doing it, and it keeps the the tubes, it cleans the tubes out, it uh, lubricates the chakras, it keeps things in motion, so we don't get any of the sludge building up in the um, in the creative process. That's what I think, anyway. So today, what I'm doing, I'm going to make this. I'm going to experiment with the the, the leaf to get a huge leaf and make and cast it. So then I can do other shit with it. I can make it into an armband or a cuff and, um, we'll see where it goes from there. It might not, might not even go there. It might go somewhere else, but that's what I'm going to try today. I'm working on this huge charm bracelet. Still. It's, there are a couple of pieces that I, I need like connecting connectors that I need uh, so i've got a supplier for this particular piece that i need to incorporate into the larger piece um it it you'll see when it's done it's going to be just crazy uh, but th- this one isn't is just going to be one piece it's a giant charm bracelet it's a one of a kind thing it's it's called drugs it's got bongs and dab rigs all over it it's got like like a mushroom it's got um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's all about drugs. And then there's another one I'm working on uh, called party time, which is similar, but it has a, uh, a boom box, a blaster on it. So you've got everything you need. You'll have like a mushroom. You'll have like a, a bong, a blaster, a cannabis bud or a cannabis leaf. All on a giant heavy charm bracelet. And these charms can be unclipped. Uh, these are these little things that I'm waiting for unclipped, and then uh, you can wear them as, as individual pendants. Break them off the charm bracelet, or you can put them on. And they're not uh, small; they're like they're large pendants. So this is going to be oversized charm bracelet with large pendants hanging off it, called drugs. Um, and another one called Party Time. So those are the two crazy pieces that. I'm working on still. Now I've got the charm bracelet. I've got a section in my workshop where I do photography. So in one corner, I do photography all over the workshop. But but um, the camera moves everywhere in the workshop, which is good because I can photograph everything I do. But there's one area where I photograph photograph um, under more controlled like lighting conditions where everything I can adjust how black the black is in the background, that kind of stuff, right? For small objects, for close-ups and macro photography. So um, I'm going to do a bit of that today, too. I'm still, still like, tuning the website and stuff like this. All this stuff artists have to do to, um, to do their art, right? So this Derek Hess documentary was, like, it's called Forced Perspective. So seek it out and watch it. I learned a lot from it. I mean i I guess it, it can be really lonely being an artist and you could see it when he's talking right you can see he's trying to describe his process and he does but artists aren't good at doing that right they're they're good at making art and showing you their process not talking about it I, what, I, what I hope to do with this this podcast part of it is that I hope to talk about the process that I, I use when I make my pieces and what I want to achieve with them and what they mean and, and all that's the, the whole point of this show is just to like is to build out from jewelry, you know in that respect. So if you pick up a piece of jewelry, you'll understand all maybe what might have gone into its manufacture so that's the purpose of this one of the purposes of this podcast but also just to explore the whole idea of the art process of creating things of making things um yeah yeah i i god there's not enough documentaries about artists there need to be more i i keep like searching i'm searching online for all these like like you know it's so hard to get these things on on a netflix because they're all the algorithms only you know show what most people want to watch i guess so that's what you're going to find but some of these are are probably have very low viewer counts or they're documentaries right kind of some of them are kind of dry and there's no special effects in them or anything they're just they're just like information But it's the kind of information I want as an artist. I want to find out how other artists are doing the work. Like, how are they doing this shit? Like, how do they feel while they're making this art? You know, even if they don't make art like me, even if they don't make jewelry like me or products, you know, that can be sold online or whatever, even if they just like paint and, you know, for their own, for their own reasons, as we do. I want to, I want to find out why. That interests me, you know? Like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Like, why weed? Oh, weed has been the most, like one of the most important things in my life, right? From the moment I, like from the age of 13 or 14, it's been massive. It's impacted my life at at various points, right? And different junctures. And it's changed my life's trajectory. So as I am, I'm I'm an old guy now. I keep saying that, um, but it's true. And as I as I get older, all these things start to come together. And and this is why I've taken the jewelry and this cannabis direction. It's it's a way of honoring it. And luckily in Canada, it's legal, so I can do this. Right. So yeah, that's that's how I my reason but I don't even know like a lot of artists can't even describe why they make the work they make they just have to do the work right they have to do the work because if they don't and it gets bottled up oh man it just it's just pain for everybody so let artists give artists like a give them like paint and some brushes and and just some paper and let them go right that's what it's about I think I'm not a father, and it's Father Day, Father's Day just passed, and I'm like, you know, I'm not a father, so I don't, I, I can't probably speak to any of this, but, but I can speak as a kid, because I'm a kid, right, still, even though I'm like old, but I, but I still remember quite clearly what it was like being a kid, and so I'm speaking as a kid, not as a father, and I'll say, when I was a kid, a lot of the grief in my later life could have been solved if my parents had, had given me a paints, a set of paints, or, or, uh, or, or told me about different artists or different painters, even if they didn't know about it. Maybe they might have bought me a book on painting or something something as simple as that, or another book on sculpture, or maybe something like that, and let me read it, because I would have soaked it up. But no, instead, you know, instead, the parents were, the parents were, oh, you know, the traditional learning, like, uh, you know, lawyer, doctor, uh, a biologist, or a scientist, or you know, that kind of, this is the schooling you need. And once you get a degree, you'll get a job and everything will be great, right? Um, but art is, I think what society needs is art, right? And as a kid, I think I'm, I'm finding all these drawings and stuff my mom kept when I was a child. And some of them are really good. And I'm not just saying that because I'm, um so full of myself, like I can be sometimes, but I'm saying that they, you know, I've showed them to other people and they say, fuck, you know? So the thing is my mom kept them. So she must have recognized, it's not merely a souvenir of me, but maybe I think it's more of a souvenir of my, my art um, skills back in when I was like uh, four or whatever. Now a box of paints would have, might have changed my life, right? Might've kept me out of a lot of trouble in later, later in life or some books on art, right? Or maybe even a pottery class, like here, take this pottery class. Um, here, I've signed you up for this pottery class. Yeah. Uh, you know, something like that. But I guess parents are, are too worried about their own shit to really notice what's going on with their kids. And I think that's, you know, my parents, there was a great divide. There's this generation, what are they, a generation divide? It's still, like, there's a, there's divides between the, the Gen Z's and the millennials, and, oh God, like, but kids everywhere are the same. If the kid is showing, like, interest in art or is starting to carve fucking uh, rocks into into shapes, like it's time to to look at your kid differently and not try to make them a doctor, right? I mean that's that's what I'm saying. Anyway, this is just the show has just been a ramble about all. This this documentary has triggered a lot of stuff. Watch some artist documentaries, they're really good. I've I've learned so much from watching other artists. And, and how artists how other artists think about stuff it, it's it's really helped me a lot so <laughs> in my own work um, and, or how I understand my own work sometimes it's just that you you want to hear somebody say the things that that are affecting you that you do too right that are common that you don't really tell anybody about but you you uh, this is how you work too right It's like oh God anyway, artists man we're like, uh, now I have to convince my accountant that art is valuable. Like, how the how the fuck do, do I do that, right? Art is valuable. Everybody knows this. You just have to go to a fucking museum, uh, look at the statues and stuff, and I mean, you just have to, look. <laughs> you know, art has value, and, uh, but it might be hard to quantify at any moment. Anyway, I'm going to work on this thing. It's really early in the morning. I couldn't sleep last night. I got up at like three, paced around, had a cup of coffee, you know, and I was like, fuck, I, you know what? I, I'm not going back to sleep. I'm going to record this podcast and, uh, And then get to work in the workshop, trying to make a giant armband in sterling silver out of this, this huge cannabis leaf. I'll take some photos and I'll upload them to the Instagram stories thing. I've I've been very, very, uh, uh, not slack. I just avoided Instagram. I just, I'm just, I just have a distaste for these tech bros now for some reason as a lot of us do. It's just, it's a big scam they're pulling on all of us. You know, post all your shit on Instagram every day so they can they can earn the billions and uh, you work for free. So I'm reevaluating all this social media scam shit. Um, but I do post occasionally on stories because I know that'll disappear quickly. And I might put a post up in the uh, Instagram page. But you can find... Uh, work from me at tribe.ca, which is our home base. Tribe. We're the Cannabis Goldsmiths here in Canada. Where summer is beginning, it's a cool summer. The Cannabis Goldsmith is produced by Tribe Communications, Inc. in the Thousand Islands area of Ontario, Canada. You can see what we do at tribe.ca. Send us an email alexd at cannabisgoldsmith.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week on the Cannabis Goldsmith. Oh my God, I can see the sun coming up over over the river. Oh, wow. wow. America, you're looking good this morning. All bronze and gold. Oh my God. Wow. Wow.